1: I'm Polly Campbell, and this is Simply Said. Hello, 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 and welcome to Polly Campbell's Simply Said, the podcast where we talk about how to live well, do good, and be happy. Today, as in every day, but really I think this is an important show because I think most of us. Have the experience where we hear those critical inner voices. We judge ourselves harshly after a mistake. Do you second guess everything you say over apologize? Or are you a people pleaser sacrificing yourself to try to make others happy? Are you trapped in these feelings of unworthiness that can strip our power? And we don't have to stay stuck in that place. Today, we are talking about how to move from those beliefs and those places of self-criticism to a place of self-love and self-empowerment. We are here with author Tess Whitehurst. Hello, Tess.
0: Hello, Polly. Thanks for having me on the show.
1: Tess is the author of The Self-Love Superpower, The Magical Art of Approving of Yourself No Matter What, and many other books. And she leads workshops in intuition in Colorado. Okay, Josh, let's just get into it. How do you define self love?
0: Well, you know what? This is the most, I mean, it has everything to do with our personal power, with our sense of well being, with our sense of joy. It's fundamental to the spiritual path. And the way I define it, I think it's important to really think about the word love there are are many different ways we use the word love. And when we're talking about love, you know, like I love my cat. I love my partner. I love my brother. That's love. And then we also use the word love to say, you know, I love your shorts. I love that song, you know, and that's different. That's that's a preference. That's an opinion that you have. But when we really are tuning into love, what is love? Love is a feeling. It's transcendent. You see the divine perfection in another person. You want them to feel joy. You want them to know that they're exactly right, exactly as they are, even if they make mistakes, which everyone does. But you connect with it's like we all know the feeling of love. It's like you're connecting with this eternal, beautiful aspect. Like you just like to be around them. You couldn't really put your finger on it, but you just love and treasure them. And that's self-love. It's a feeling that you have. It's a habit of wanting to forgive yourself, of wanting to speak kindly to yourself. Of if you have something that feels out of alignment, that feels uncomfortable, then you really want to kind of get to the bottom of it. So that that you can have a different, more joyful experience. That's self-love.
1: I love the way I love, so I'm using it right here, but you're right, (laughs) right? We There is a significant difference between the act of loving and an opinion or thought about something. When I think of loving my daughter, it's not a thought. It's just what you said. It's an overwhelming feeling. And even when I'm frustrated or whatever, I still want to protect her and be kind to her and hold yes. her, right? Yes, exactly. What I'm curious about is, and I'm one of these people, I write a lot about self-care. I believe in self-care. I think we have to do things to nurture ourselves. And I'm also wondering if we don't get caught up in that because many of us haven't, uh, exercised or experiment or or learned about the self-love aspect. So those of us who are having problems with self-care, maybe we need to go back and love ourselves first.
0: So we want to do the care part. Oh, right. Yeah. I mean, and also um, I think sometimes we can think, we can approach self-care with this idea of like, I have to fix this thing about myself. I'm going to get my nails done so that I don't look as bad as I do now. <laughs> you know, like mm-hmm. like that it's just this like underlying like I better start taking care of myself and working out cuz this isn't, you know, it's like there's a judgment there or there's like a value application there, where if yeah, if we start with, well, I just love you. And so now what do you want to do today? Do you want to get your nails done? Do you want to, you know, you have a day off, maybe you want to read, maybe you need to rest, maybe you want to take a walk outside, like it when it comes from unconditional self approval, it's a different energy.
1: You link a lot of these, uh, the beliefs to hold us back and keep us um, from loving ourselves completely to beliefs related to our appearance or that we must be accomplished, we must be so-called successful, making money or having a great job to be worthy of that kind of love, right? Yeah. yeah. Why do we get caught up in that and what can we do about that?
0: Yeah, I think it's really natural. Um, if you look at our social conditioning and socialization in general, for us to kind of take on those stories if we don't examine them. And so the best thing we can do, I think, is continually examine them. But I think it's natural because, you know, we see so many advertisements, we see so many famous people's Instagrams, we see, you know, Mm. all these ways that there are messages, I mean, that are actually really trying to make us feel like, oh, I'm I need that supplement or else I'm not going to look right. Or I need that makeup or we need to, I need to figure out how to do this differently so I can measure up, you know, we get those messages. And so I think it, we can and even like when we're socialized and we're taught, you know, just like even normal, basic. Uh, manners. Like don't, don't yell. Don't um, take things that aren't yours. Like these things that we want to learn and are good for us to learn. But when we start to internalize like, oh, I'm bad because I want to, sometimes I feel greedy. So I must be bad. It's like, you know, you're mm-hmm. not bad. You just learned how to be in this society in a way that is respectful. And if you sometimes have those feelings, doesn't mean you're inherently bad. It just means you're a human being. So when we can just kind of notice like, oh yeah, I can see why I have that feeling. I can see where that came from, but it really doesn't have to do with my worth at all. And as far as like succeeding in certain areas, great. Like if you want to do something and it's going to bring you joy, go for it. It's not, I'm not anti-success. I'm just anti-measuring your worth based on your success. And again, I think we can always gauge this by looking and thinking of someone we really love, like your daughter, you know, like would I measure my love for her or my approval of her based on how successful she is or how thin she is or how well she does her makeup or whatever. Never, 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 never. Like if those things bring her joy, that'll bring you joy, but it's not going to be like a conditional thing with love and approval and our right to be here and take up space on earth. So it's an ongoing process that has to do with being patient with ourselves, being loving with ourselves and just gently untangling those sort of tangles as we go, you know?
1: Yeah. I appreciate that tone in the book too, because it is a very gentle process to what you write about it. And I I was laughing at myself because they were like, Oh, I do that. I must be terrible. You know, I was thinking uh, those yeah. things in the book and I'm like, Oh, this is a, this is a <laughs> whole point right here. Like yeah. we don't have to be any different than we are to belong here. We are worthy. We belong here. Now, if we want to, one thing I really appreciate because I write personal development books and I really believe in the stuff I write about and I live by it. And it's okay if you don't want to do it, right? Like I'm not... I don't feel like I'm less than, that's not why I do personal development. I do personal development stuff because I'm curious or I want to have a different experience or yeah, I'm yeah. driven to improve just because I'm interested in it, not because I'm starting from a deficit. So we need to look at ourselves differently, love ourselves as though we would of uh, somebody we care about a lot, our kid or a friend or a husband or partner, partner. And, and then- Check ourselves against all the other things am I doing this job? am I wearing this outfit because I feel like I have to to fit in to be worthy, or am I wearing it because I love that color of pink or whatever it is? Yes
0: exactly
1: yeah I think that's a I think that's also a, a fun way to get to know ourselves in a different way,
0: yeah, and you know also I think some of us who are um interested in personal development like we are. Like sometimes we can also get this idea of like, okay, I'm going to keep reading books and doing my meditations and doing my journaling until mm-hmm. I've fixed everything and I'm enlightened and, you know, I know I'm totally wise. And it's like, it's actually just a spiral path. There will always be things that come up. And when we can start to be like, oh, look, look, I'm, I'm judging my worth based on my degree of success today, or, oh, I have this sort of sadness that's coming up that I talk about this in my book on my birthday. Like, what is that about? And, and, and instead of thinking, oh, I haven't succeeded yet at this personal development thing. I suck. You know, we think instead like, <laughs> oh, here's something else that we can, we can look deeply at and have compassion with ourselves about, you know?
1: Compassion and curiosity. Then, is that what you're saying? Yes, curiosity. That's a great word. I love. Uh, that's how I get through a lot of things because it's hard to be upset when I'm enchanted with the idea of something. So, if I'm <laughs> feeling upset, I'll go into that and think, "Huh, I'm wondering why this bugs me or what <laughs> happened here that that made me upset." Because then I can't be angry anymore or stressed. I'm curious, right? It moves yes. Me
0: Yeah. And then you're listening to yourself instead of thinking, oh, I should be past this by now. I should know better. I shouldn't be having this feeling, you know, instead of that, you're like, oh, what is this? Which is how we would speak to someone we love. Like, oh, what is that? Why are you feeling that way? You know?
1: How do we start with this? If we're in the habit of getting up and getting going, being busy in our lives, how right in the middle of the schedule and the routine we're in, can we step back and catch ourselves before we fall down that rabbit hole of of critical beliefs?
0: You know, a couple of things. I think the first thing that is so important is to get in a habit of meditating regularly. And that's just, it's not to do it perfectly. It's just to sit and create some space. So if even for five minutes a day, you can set your timer on your phone and, and think, I'm going to notice each breath. I'm going to notice as I breathe in, I'm going to notice as I breathe out. It could be like even taking a walk in nature with your phone off and looking around you as you walk. These things that every day you can can move through this space where you're creating space, where you're aligning with silence, because that helps you to align with, to open up, to divine messages to your intuition to kind of get into a rhythm where you can be like, oh, I'm noticing the sadness that comes up. Let me have compassion with myself for it instead of just ignoring it or judging myself for it. So just that little bit of space of noticing our breath or noticing nature every day and then the self-compassion I think is such like actual self-compassion practice which is something that I talk about in the book and it was something that Dr. Kristen Neff talks about in her book self-compassion and that is the basic mindfulness practice is to notice when you feel when you're suffering in any way and it could be like deep shame or embarrassment, or it could even just be, oh, I'm hungry and lunch isn't for another hour, or I feel tense because I'm in traffic. I mean, it could be something subtle, but whenever you notice it, just to do the practice of placing your hand on your heart, sending yourself love through your hand and saying, This is a moment of suffering. So you're just acknowledging it. And then suffering is a part of life. So that's remembering the universality of it, you know, no human, no living creature gets through life without suffering. And then may I be kind to myself in this moment and may I give myself the compassion I need. So that's Dr. Kristen Neff's, uh, that's not original, but it's very helpful to remember and to get into the habit of it shifts energy right away. And it helps you to be alert to, um, to how you're feeling and then to have something to do about it instead of ignoring it. Cause those things can add up those little things, little hassles or deep suffering when you ignore them or you judge yourself for them instead of just stopping and sending yourself love, they can add up as stress in the body. So that's a beautiful habit to get into.
1: I absolutely agree. I'm a huge fan of her work and I've written about it too. And the thing that I learned by doing my own self-compassion practice was how much I would hold on if I didn't do something good enough, or if I was disappointed in myself, or I made a mistake, even if nobody else, you know, even if it affected no one else, it bothered me and it kept me caught up in that cycle when I began the self compassion practice, it helped me recognize, like you said, the universality, the humanity that I had, and it helped me let it go so I could move on and improve whatever it was or try something new or be creative again and not be stuck in that cycle of feeling bad.
0: Exactly. And that is part of, I think, the limiting belief system that we can all let go of is that We sometimes will think, I think maybe most of us think if I'm hard on myself, if I keep beating myself up about the things that I do wrong, then I will improve. Like that's a way to improve. And it's really, it is so much easier to heal and to shift your patterns, when you approach yourself with forgiveness and with love and with understanding. And we know this, I mean, it's the same with children. If you've ever taught children, I taught dance and gymnastics to kids for many years. And it it was just so obvious that when you approach kids, like, good job, I see you're trying. Now maybe try this next time. It's so much more helpful to them than simply criticizing them. And we're the same when we learn.
1: I, I totally agree. And it's something that I think we can all simply start with today. That's a Simply Start segment. Bring it back to self-compassion. Listen, we're gonna make mistakes. And one thing, Tess, you say in your book, is that there are days you wake up and you don't feel good about your body or like how you look or whatever. But this isn't about being blissfully happy every time. It's about loving yourself compassionately through those moments too, right?
0: Exactly. Yeah, we can. That's that. Um, that new age guilt when we think like, Oh no, <laughs> I'm supposed to be happy all the time. I'm never supposed to think negative thoughts about myself. What's my problem? Cause it's just, that's going to be a losing battle. If that's our idea of how we're supposed to be, cause it's just not how it goes. We just have ups and downs and we have challenges that might arise. And in different ways or in similar ways throughout our lifetime. And when we keep showing up and learning how to be gentle and sweet and compassionate to ourselves through them, that's, that's the journey, you know?
1: Uh, Yeah. I think the showing up is I, I did a, a workshop once and one of the participants had a question. And her question was, are you just happy all the time? And I'm <laughs> like, <laughs> no, no way. I mean, life is pretty much a mess around here. I'm quarantined with a teenager and I have work full time and I have, you know, different health, all these things. And it's still pretty good, but we can learn our way. We can actually not even learn. We can practice our way. Like you can just decide right now that you can be self-compassionate once today and it's going to take you into that next moment and, and help you feel a little easier. I think, I think we
0: deserve that. I think we're worthy of that for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that, I think creating this space too, that's the thing about meditation and mindfulness is then we shift the um, the goal from being happy or feeling good all the time to being mindful, to being present, to mm-hmm. identifying with space consciousness, with openness, with silence. So then whatever arises, if we feel sad or we feel happy or we love our bodies one day or we feel sad about them the next day, you know, that's all just arising moving through but who we really are is pure consciousness it's not it ha- this is a happy day so i'm a happy person or this is a sad day so i'm a sad person those are not we don't identify with that those are just like clouds passing through
1: i love that test this is really valuable and important stuff it, it, we can experience life without judging it right yes yes I love that. you write in your book And this is something I really attach to. So I'm very curious about to talk to you about it. You write in your book about being exceptionally ordinary. What is that?
0: Well, so in the book, I talk about um, a... A fairy tale that I came across that I won't tell the whole story of the fairy tale it's my favorite (laughs) fairy tale and it's called the invisible kingdom and in it there is a character named dreamy george who um he just he goes through a journey and then he has a kingdom he has his own kingdom but to the outside world it he has a you know he has a queen he has children who are princes and princesses in his kingdom. And this is what it looks like to him, a castle. And to the outside world, it looks just like a kind of a mundane house. And he and his wife and his kids look like they don't really stand out as being particularly fancy or beautiful. But to him, his experience and the inside of his life, the interior of his invisible castle is, is deep and rich and beautiful and full. And that to me is the goal. We want to, I think thinking of dreamy George, thinking of his invisible kingdom, that's the everyday, the joy, the, the most beautiful things are just the everyday moments, you know, for me, like with my cat, with my partner, maybe taking a walk outside, watching the trees. I mean, that's, the gold, that's the invisible kingdom. And whether or not it looks fancy or flashy or stylish to the outside world really does, doesn't matter. So that shifting into having, seeing the treasure in the everyday moments is what I mean by exceptionally ordinary and not needing to be, you know, to, to win everything or to, to, have success necessarily in the eyes of the world. It's fine if you do. It's just you don't need it in order to feel to that you're in your own invisible castle. I love that. I
1: think it's beautiful. I've been uh, talking to my daughter about this concept after I read it. And one thing that occurs to me is we already have this, right? We already have our treasure. We are already exceptional in our ordinary lives. It's already bigger and bolder than what we're seeing. So our opportunity today is to notice. Yes. We can all do that today. And and I love this idea of self-compassion, meditation. Do you have any other uh, practices that we can use in the middle of our routine just to remind us to love ourselves and and to pay attention to the treasures we have. I know you write about the kindness alarm. You write about all kinds of practices in your book uh, that are fantastic. So folks check out Tess's book, the self-love superpower. And you're going to get a lot of practical ideas that you can add in, depending on your mood and what you're feeling like. Is there anything else you can
0: offer us right now, Tess? Yeah. So you mentioned the kindness alarm. That's what what we want to do is shift so that we're in a pattern where we're getting the momentum going of learning to love ourselves more and more throughout our lives. And the kindness alarm is one of those where you set a timer on your phone to go off maybe every hour. So then when it does, you remember just to stop and to be kind to yourself, to send yourself love, to take a deep breath, to check in, like, is there something that I'm feeling or something I'm needing and then, you know, send yourself approval and love. And the other thing that I was going to mention was creating a, an altar, a self-love altar. So this is a space in your home that you could meditate in front of that is an, a visual anchor uh, to remind you of your self-love practice.
1: And what kind of things would you put on the altar?
0: Well, all you really need is for any altar is an image that helps you to align with the divine, maybe a statue or a framed picture. It could be, I mean, it could be secular, like a, like planets or a universe or the, um, I mean, a a, um, galaxy, or it could be even like a, a crystal, like just something that helps you to align with something bigger than yourself and then other than that you could do um, crystals candles flowers and for self-love you might want to have a picture of yourself as a child um, or a picture of yourself as a child with somebody holding you or hugging you so that you can remember to have it so so easy I think when we see pictures of ourselves as children too to see how worthy we are of love. So that's an idea for what you can place on your answer.
1: Sweet. I like that. I like that. Well, I have learned a lot. I'm totally down with this. I love the ideas in your book, The Self-Love Superpower. Anything you want to add here before we uh, log off? People can find you at TessWhitehurst.com. I want to mention that. What else do we need to know about your work, Tess?
0: Oh, thanks for asking. Well, I have a I also have a podcast called Magic Monday Podcast.com. I mean, that's our website. It's called Magic Monday Podcast. And um you can find a lot. Oh, you already said my website. I don't know. I'm on Instagram at Tess4444, on Twitter at Tess Whitehurst, and on Facebook at Tess Whitehurst Author.
1: Great. And you can find me at polycampbell.com. My newest book, you Recharge, is out wherever books are sold, and we talk a lot about these ideas of adding the little things into our life, of of, uh, identifying the treasures that are already around to create vitality and engagement in the world, because I think there is so much right outside our door and right within ourselves. Today, take a moment to notice, take a moment to extend kindness and love to yourself, and when we do that, we will all live well do good and be happy. Today is working for me. Do you believe that for yourself? Hey, I'm Pastor Julie, and I want to empower you through encouragement, inviting you to my podcast, Big Truth Encouragement where I unpack living a faith-filled life. I created my podcast for the ladies, but gentlemen, you'll gain something too. So I invite you to listen to Big Truth Encouragement on Electricast and any platform where you listen to your podcast.
0: Electricast.
1: Have you ever wondered what actually happens in Congress every day?